This is an AI Group podcast. Hello there. Uh, my name's Tim Piper, and I'm the Victorian head of the Australian Industry Group. And I'm delighted today to have Chris Webb with me, who's the lead for rolling out the new legislation that the EPA will be involved with uh, come middle of next year. And our idea in this series of podcasts is to let you know more about the legislation and let you know just how it will impact on you. So welcome, Chris. Good to have you here today. Uh, thanks, Tim. Good to talk to you and, and good to be able to reach out to your members. There's no doubt the EPA is moving into the 21st century and therefore there are drones that are available now. So are you expecting there to be drones all over the city, all over the state, making sure that these companies actually comply or what are you going to be doing with the drones? Uh, look, I'm, I'm a bit old fashioned. Uh, I think <laughs> uh, as much as the, the technology is a wonderful thing and then look for certain uses, for example, I mean, you talked before about some of the waste sites and, and being able to use that, but it's not really about surveillance. I mean, I'd. I, I don't think the regulator's job is to try and catch people doing the wrong thing. The regulator's job is to try and help people do the right thing uh, and then deal with the exceptions to that. Um, we're not trying to catch the bad guys. Um, there will be certain, so, you know, there are criminal elements and various things we do deal with where sometimes that is the job, but the, the overwhelming majority of our, our effort needs to be helping businesses understand and control their risks and you don't really do that with drones. Will there be a change in how you deal with the community and how the relationship between community and industry and factories are affected. So for example, if Harry down the road uh, suggests that uh, I've got a problem in my factory, is that going to change at all the way that you deal with me or that you deal with Harry? And what will be your expectations again, both on the community and on industry? Yeah, one of the things that, that's in the new legislation, um, it enables the regulator to, uh, to to bring communities into the frame when they're making big decisions. We've, we've done this historically with licences anyway, so it's not actually a huge change, but it does allow us to expand it into things like notices so we can, um, you know, where it's a big complex issue, uh, one of the really things we found, you know, that, that engaging communities to help inform your decision making is really important, and not just necessarily uh, communities, it might be neighbouring businesses or whatever, we, it's about tapping into the various perspectives. Um, we've done that through uh, our statutory conferencing for big licences for some years now and it's just simply an expansion of that where we can set up a conference if we think it's important enough to start to bring other views in and we just simply use that as a consideration in our decision making. I mean the rest of it still stands the same, we've got technical grounds for things, legal grounds for things. What We want to um, ensure that, so for example, if we're writing a notice, uh, that we take those um, local considerations into account. Um, businesses usually respond to this incredibly well. When we've done conferencing uh, and brought other groups in, um, you know, in a properly managed conversation, of course, but uh, those the outcomes of those are fantastic because people feel that they've been heard uh, and they're far more likely uh, to, to you know, work constructively with that business over time. And we've had great turnarounds in, in some communities where um, they've said to the regulator, we don't really need you in this conversation anymore because we've got a great relationship with, with, you know, with, with the factory and they listen to us. Um, and so we really want to try and encourage uh, that local solution making. The regulator you know, doesn't need to get involved every time, um, but we are here, you know, we're, we're here to do things on behalf of the community, but we're also here to do things on behalf of business, and we're accountable to business as well. We've mentioned WorkSafe a number of times in this discussion as a comparator to what you are doing. With WorkSafe, we see it as being a very objective decision-making process uh, where other parties don't necessarily get closely involved, or if they do, they say there's a problem, and then they opt out of the ongoing discussion. 
Is that going to be the same with this new legislation with the EPA, or will the community have a greater engagement with ongoing action that the EPA requires or instructs? Um, well, look, I, I, I think our, all our decision-making needs to be objective. I mean, at the end of the day, it's the regulator that makes the decision. I mean, the obligation on the regulator is to uh, consider all relevant matters. So in some cases, that'll involve talking to communities. In other cases, it won't. Um, I think that um, probably the key difference between us and WorkSafe is that the, we don't have, it's not the employer-employee relationship piece. So really ours is the environment uh, as the subject matter uh, and, and human health in that case. So um, the objectivity needs to remain the same though, that you've got to take those things into account but you've got to make a fair and balanced and proportionate decision at the end of it. So no, I, don't, I don't see uh, much different when I mean, we do this now. Um, we take those things into consideration. So I don't think there'll be a huge change, but we we do want communities to get involved. We want, you know, all of us as citizens, we, we all have the environment we, uh, you know, we, we walk our dog in, and when we go down uh, you know, to the local parks with kids, and we want that environment to, to be looked after. Um, and so we certainly want um, communities to, to be involved and, and have a say, and they are, our eyes and ears out there. I, I live near Stony Creek, which obviously had, was subjected to some fairly significant damage about a year ago. I walk my dog down there, we take our kids down there, and every day, you know, even if I wasn't working at EPA, um, you know, I look at the, the colour of the creek this week and see how things are going, and occasionally I'll, I'll pick up the phone and ring some of my colleagues and say, hey guys, it's, it's running blue down here today, can you, you know, send someone out to have a look? And we, we need that, we need to understand that, because we can't be everywhere. Might be just the sky. Yeah, no, that's no, a milky blue. Okay. <laughs> uh, the relationship then between the community and industry and the EPA is an interesting one. You've, you've recently introduced a board, um, which I know has got certain people sitting on it. Have you seen that as making a change to the way that the EPA runs its operations? And if so, um, how, how do you see the benefits of being created? Well, I think the, I mean, the benefits of having a board, uh, uh, let alone uh, really establishing us as a, as a properly independent statutory authority has been critically important to the change that we make. Um, and that independence, I think, is, is what gives you the ability to kind of regulate without fear or favour. Uh, I mean, the other benefits of a board is, is the same benefits that most businesses would have. You know, it brings, uh, it brings scrutiny, it brings um, great perspective. You know, we've got some fantastic board members who all bring their various perspectives to and challenge the regulator every day. You know, it's a really important difference. Um, you know, I think we were sitting in a hybrid kind of independent, kind of not quite clear state for, for many years. And I know our chair, Cheryl Battergold, has done an amazing job of navigating that, that ambiguity. But I think now there's a proper board established. It makes us properly accountable in the same way businesses are to their boards. Is there an area that you see this legislation being aimed at more one than another? For example, is it storage of chemicals? Is it contaminated waste? Or is it, is it some other area that is going to be especially important as a result, or especially relevant as a result of this legislation? Well, one thing we were very conscious of uh, in the design of the legislation was to try and future-proof it as much as possible. So, um, like I said, uh, in this podcast or a previous one, uh, yeah, the, the, the original legislation started at 47 pages and grew to over 400 with 100 amendments because of the next thing that got thought of and the next thing that got thought of. We've tried to make this pretty universal. You know, the OHS Act hasn't changed for ages. We don't think that this will change. So it gives us a toolkit 
to tackle what are, whatever the biggest risk issues are in front of us. So I can say with some degree of certainty in the next few years that waste will remain one of our high priority areas. There's a lot of issues um, that need attention. This legislation gives us far better um, uh, a far better platform to regulate waste more effectively. Um, but equally, at the other end, as I said, there's a, um, a, a large amount of businesses who have small amounts of risks that are all you know, that, that add up to something substantial. So we need to be able to focus on that as well. So I think it's it's um, it's it'll be outlined in in the coming months. We'll, we'll be very public with where we're going to focus our attention in the first few years, uh, and we'll certainly um, share that with you to, to provide to your members so you can know. But we'll we'll have. Um, a mix of, of focus. It's not really meant to be a one-setting piece of legislation, but we'll, we'll set those risks. Really, we're, we're interested in where can we make, where can the regulator make the biggest impact for the benefit of the environment and the benefit of human health, and that's that's where our focus will be for the first few years. But um, yeah, there's no single uh, thing it's set up to fix. It's actually meant to be a pretty universal set. Of, Want to call it a, a toolkit or a rule book? It's, it's just a, it's a great platform, though, to, to start to drive some big, substantial changes in the environment.